Everybody, you're here with us at the Fishbowl Barrio. I'm your host, Pucho. And to my right, I got our co-host. And we're going to have a conversation with you guys today about some TV. Um, we're also, uh, I also wanted to remind you guys to send any topic ideas that you may have to the Fishbowl Barrio at gmail.com. That's the Fishbowl Barrio at gmail.com. So that's all one word, the fishbowl barrio, and it's at gmail.com, or you can hit us up at Twitter at the fishbowl barrio. So, um, also, uh, we, we upload our new episodes every Friday. Um, so you guys check us out on Friday at our various podcast locations, and yeah. Uh, so right before we jump into our first topic, I wanted to share a little fun fact with you guys today. Um, as you guys all know, Halloween is coming up and that holiday is more than 2000 years old. Can you believe that? It's a old holiday. And in 1938 on October 30th, 1938. Now I know that's not Halloween, but that's the day that we'll be uploading our podcast. So October 30th in 1938, Orson Welles broadcasted his radio play war of the worlds over the radio causing a world, no, I don't think it was a worldwide panic, but it was a national panic for some folks, um, uh, who actually took it for real. So, um, yeah, just a couple little fun facts there about October. And so we'll, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first topic of the day, which is going to be TV. And we're going to go ahead and let you take it away, Dom. All right. What would you do if I sang out of tune? All right. Well, let's jump into a little bit of TV. I'm just going to first start off with, um, you know, some of the TV shows I, I, I really enjoyed and loved growing up as a kid. I mean, there are so many to pick from. You know, some off the top of my head were The Facts of Life, uh, The Jeffersons, Three's Company, Sanford and Son, Growing Pains. Mm, all um, classics. You know, exactly. I especially loved uh, Who's the Boss. Uh, not, <laughs> really, not, not really uh, because of Ted Danson. Or, uh, no, but, it was Tony, Tony Danza. <laughs> Tony <it> Danza. <laughs> As you can tell, I, I, you know, I wasn't man, a, a fan of him. It's an old show, but, man. They're, but, they're, they had the same hairdo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they probably did. But there is one main reason I love that show. And that was because of Sam. <laughs> A.K.A. Alyssa Milano. And if you're listening to this over the, this podcast, Alyssa Milano, if you subscribe, we'd love to have you on the, on this show. Uh, you know, yeah, but, come on, come on, exactly. But there were so many great shows growing up as a kid. But my absolute favorite was The Wonder Years, and I really had to think about why I really that was my favorite. I feel like it was my favorite because I could really relate to Kevin Arnold. Uh, the reason I say that is when I was around that age, I was around the same age as Kevin Arnold when that show came out. And I grew up in a middle class, uh, suburban 
a household. Mom and dad worked, brother. So it was real easy for me to relate. And mm-hmm. a lot of his life experiences, I think it was just written very well. Uh, his friend Paul Pfeiffer, of course, uh, his girlfriend or slash friend at that time when it first started was Winnie Cooper, which was another uh, childhood crush I had on there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those were some of the... So there seems to be a correlation between your favorite shows and childhood crushes. <laughs> now that you say that, I mean, that does make a lot of sense now. I, I guess they grabbed my attention and sort of held it. They did their job. Well, I got I, I got that it. would sort of explain Saved by the Bell with uh, Kelly Kapowski. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which also there, I guess they're they're also bringing that show back. Uh, That's right, they are. They have a remake, and honestly, I find it to be pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, me too. I'm based big... off the trailer. I've only seen the trailer. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm a big fan of Mario Lopez. Uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to that one, which will I guess we'll speak a little bit further down the road about uh, upcoming shows in the future. Right. right. But uh, for me, The Wonder Years was was my absolutely favorite show. Uh, I think also what I really loved about it was the ending. You know mm-hmm. how some day, sometimes some shows, the ending just, lack of a better term, sucks. Yeah. Uh, like Seinfeld with the court case. I mean, all those years, I'm a big fan of Seinfeld, but that, that ending was just horrible. Uh, but the Wonder Years, the way it ended, it just tied up everything. He explained what happened to his, his father passing away, his mother uh, becoming a businesswoman and um, – I guess like a manager of, of, of the company, uh, his friend Paul going to Harvard Law School, uh, Winnie moving off into Paris and him, you know, starting his own life and uh, having his own family and becoming a writer. So I think it just tied up very well. The show, it ended well. I mean, it was just a great series. Uh, but, you know, what were like for you, what were some shows that you that you liked when, you know, you were growing up as a kid? Um, so for me, I kind of break it up <laughs> in like a couple different sections because, when, you know, what I watched in the 80s was completely different than I watched in the 90s. And so, you know, the big, I guess the, the big, the TV shows that I remember the fondest, or had the fondest memories of when I was a kid um, was, I don't know if you remember, the TGIF block. Oh, who, who can forget that? Uh, that? That was a staple with, uh, with, uh, uh, what do you call it? Pizza Hut, uh, pizza on Fridays at my household, man. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that's how it was for most people in their household, right? Because you had a lineup of Full House, Step by Step, uh, Family Matters, and, um, I forget what the other shows were. Uh, Strange, uh, what's it called? Uh, Perfect Stranger. Perfect Stranger. And so, you know, all those shows, you know, they were, it was all centered around the family and all that. So those were, it was a very common uh, show to be on in my household, you know, in the evening time, prime time. And so, you know, those shows were the ones that were, were generally on TV and, you know, Full House, you know, who, who didn't relate to the Tanners as kids, or at least who didn't want to live in that giant house that looked way smaller on the outside, but was humongous on the inside, you know, where you have like four different, I think it had four floors. Yeah, because yeah. they had a basement that was like humongous. Yeah, that downstairs. <laughs> and then they had a, an attic, and you know, and and all their shenanigans. And then the family, you know, family matters. Um, also loved Rebecca in that show too. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the Winslows, right? You know, yeah. can't can't go wrong with any of those shows. Those shows had such a good message. They were funny. Um, you know, yeah, they had a lot of good actors, and so you know, those were the easy shows that I gravitated to. And, you know, as the 90s kind of progressed on, you know, Fresh Prince was another show 
that I uh, really liked a lot when I was yeah. a kid. I mean, I've seen all those episodes frontwards and backwards. Um, even later on, because they would show them right before we went to school. It was like Saved by the Bell and Fresh Prince. They would show that really early in the morning. Uh, but Fresh Prince, I mean, it's classic. It's still, I can still watch it today and laugh at a lot of the parts because it, it's really, really funny. Um, another comedy that I really gravitated to that way was Martin. You know, uh, Martin Lawrence's <laughs> show, Martin. Regina? Regina, man. And, uh, brother uh, man. Brother man from the fifth floor. <laughs> And and all the other characters. I mean, what I liked about that was, you know, before Eddie Murphy came out with, you know, the professor, the nutty professor. And I I know in the coming coming to America, he did uh, several different roles as well. Um, But that show was like the first show where I saw a sketch comedy show. It was not really a sketch comedy show. It was a a TV show. But where you saw the the main character playing different characters throughout the show. You know what I mean? Shanene, that's right. Uh, I can't remember the karate guy's name. but The guard. The guard. He was also the guard. The guard, but he was also some karate master. (laughs) I remember that. Um, So, yeah, you had that. It also had uh, In Living Color. In Living Color, excuse me, which was a really cool show. Uh, I liked it because you had the different skits. You know, you had the different type of... uh, Hobie the Clown? Uh, exactly. Characters that came out of it. You had him. You had uh, Fire Marshal Bill. You had uh, all the various Jamie, Jamie, uh, not Jamie Foxx. Uh, he was the DJ out in that show. But, Tommy uh, Davidson? Tommy, not Tommy Davidson. Um, Wayans? No, no, no. Um, the guy I was just talking about. A Martin? No. Uh, Fire Marshal Bill. Fire Marshal oh, Bill. Oh, the... the um... Jim, guy, I, I do Jim Carrey. Have, Jim I Carrey. Absolutely why was his name? Guy. But why did his name escape my mind? Jim Carrey. You don't like him? Never thought he was funny. Wow. My, my wife. My wife. Her favorite movie is uh, Pet Detective. Ace Ventura. A- Ace Ventura. And I, I just I look at that and I'm like, all he does is make faces and just make awkward body movements. And uh, I mean, to each his own. To each his own. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I like him, and I like like in that particular movie there. Uh, one of the funniest scenes to me is when he's going to um, he's going to a Cannibal Corpse concert, and, and as a young kid, I was like, "Oh man, he's going to the Angry Music Club concert." Because you know that wasn't the type of music I was listening to, but as an adult, I was like, "Oh my god, he's in that." That's what I'm talking about. And so, I mean, that, I always thought that was a cool scene there. Um, but yeah, going back to the to the shows or the comedies that I used to watch back in the '90s, um, also remember the Jamie Foxx show. And what was cool about the Jamie Foxx show is that he did his own intro. You don't remember uh, that show? No, but I, I mean, off the top of my head, I vaguely remember it, but I always I think remember it. Was on, it. I want to say it was on like the, like an earlier rendition of the CW. Did he do a lot of like a voice impersonations on, on that show? No, but that was part of his comedic act. Uh, he, he played himself. Okay. And what it was is that I want to say he his uncle was having issues running a hotel and so they reached out to for help from the nephew, and which is Jamie Fox, and then Jamie okay. Fox came out to live with them and help them out with the hotel. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, he get into shenanigans as that goes along and stuff like that. But you know, Jamie Fox is an extremely funny person. Oh yeah, I loved him in, in uh, Booty Call. That's why I was thinking when he was making <laughs> all those different um, impersonations. Yeah. When he was doing the Mike Tyson one and Martin Luther King when he's getting it on. I don't know if that, that blazes a memory or not, but that, that's what always sticks with me with, with him with impersonation. But yeah, I mean, still to this day, he's a great actor. 
Well, funny as hell. Yeah, funny. And musically talented. That was oh, when yeah. I learned he could play piano. And like I told you, he sang the intro, uh, which is actually pretty good. Uh, I am not going to sing it right now because <laughs> <laughs> my mouth is a little parched. But um, it, that was a pretty funny show. Uh, also, the Wayne Brothers, um, I think they were in, like, in the same kind of primetime block. Uh, that was a really funny show as well. And so, you know, a lot of the shows that I watched that, that I really gravitated towards when I was like in the 90s was really a lot of comedies. Yeah, I know they were. I knew they were dramas out there and stuff, but for some reason, like you know, I did watch some of them, but they didn't really hit me like a lot of the comedies did. So I really gravitated to the comedies that I guess if you want to call Full House and yeah. those movies dramatic comedies, you can. But you know, overall comedies is what I really focused on. Now, going back even further into the eighties, you know, I watched a lot of those action shows. I guess because that's what was on a lot. But Knight Rider was number one for me. I was oh. a Knight Rider fanatic as a kid, man. Uh, me too. I mean, it, I'm no joke. I had the three-wheeler as a little kid. My brother had the Dukes of Hazard one, but I was always a Knight Rider fan. I had the three-wheeler. I had the little car where you hit the license plate, and it would say Turbo Boost, the little Michael Knight nice. action figure. And I still have it to this day. I have my metal lunchbox uh, of, of Knight Rider still to this day. Uh, I have that. Uh, I had the pil- the pillow sheets. I mean, I had everything. I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you could text me right now, Chris, but still to this day, my text uh, uh, voice or the little sound that when you text me, it's the little Knight Rider of Kit going. <laughs> um, I didn't have that much stuff. I was a fan, but I didn't get all that. Uh, I did have I want to say I, I remember having a, a car. A really young age, I had the car with, with, I don't know if I had an action figure, but I, I had the car. And then when I got a little bit older than that, it wasn't a, four, it wasn't a three wheeler, but it was one of those cars. It looked like, the, it was like the, the car, the kit mold, uh-huh. but you had to like pedal underneath. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking one about. Of those. Yeah. And, and so I think I had one of those, if I remember correctly. And so that was, I think that was pretty much it. Um, but I, I used to love this show. I mean, who didn't love the, the, the Trans Am, black Trans Am with, you know, the cool little red thing and the talking computer. And his arch nemesis car. Car. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that name. Hey, Keep you know, what, simple, what, what, what name do we give this, uh, his arch nemesis? We'll just name him Car. How about that? But we're at an extra R at the end. How about that? Double R. <laughs> Double R. Uh, so, yeah, Knight Rider was a big one. Another one that I used to like that was pretty interesting to me was Quantum Leap. Um, I just like the idea and the concept of being able to travel back in time. Yeah, it's like that he had to travel into somebody else's body, but I did like the idea that he could travel back in time. And usually the shows had a good message and a good little you know story behind what, why he was back and all that. So uh, that show was pretty cool, and that was kind of like you know introduction to sci-fi. Yeah. Um, from there. Uh, and I don't really remember how I got into Star Trek, but Star Trek The Next Generation, I really liked a lot as a kid. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, of course it was the sci-fi, the ships and all that. Yeah. But it, I just really liked how they explained things. Like, it wasn't just like, hey, we could just do this and nobody says why or whatever. Like, they actually went to the hassle of explaining it but while simultaneously not ruining the story. Like yeah. not making it where it's like, oh, break. Let's go into an instruction. No, like they were explaining it as they're talking about whatever they're talking about. So I really like that show, and I also like the idea of of discovering new things and and the journey of following them through their journey and all that. And uh, they have a lot of very well written shows. 
Um, there's a lot of times where if you could just ignore for a little bit that they're in space pajamas, you know, and just listen to what they're talking about amongst each other and, and, the, and the conversations and the conflicts and all that. There's a lot of really good acting in between the actors. Yeah, there could be some cheesy acting too. You know, it's the, it's the nature of what you're acting as, right? If I'm yeah. getting shot by a phaser, yeah, I'm going to look silly. And, and, you know, if, if an electrical if interference occurs and uh, it shocks me, yeah, I'm going to look funny flying backwards and so on and so forth, but... You know, amongst all that, like I said, they have they have a lot of really great stories, um, and from there, I kind of just evolved into DS Nine, which is Deep Space Nine. For those who are not uh, who don't watch Star Trek, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and it was such a difference from the Next Generation. The Next Generation, you essentially have uh, a captain and his crew, and they're traveling through space, you know, discovering new planets, meeting new people. You know, and addressing some conflicts here and there. Well, Deep Space Nine, you had a single father who was placed on a deep space substation or space station, essentially. And his job was to essentially help bar uh, or create peace or help this new group called the Bajorans, who was this alien race in the show. Uh-huh. Um I guess transition into their new life because they had just were under, they were being oppressed by this other race. And so they had just gained their independence. And so the Federation, which is where Star Trek is based off of, was kind of helping them grow and, and develop. And, and so part of that was this joint operation of both of them working on that, that space station. Oh, okay. And so the guy in charge was a, a starship, a starship, <laughs> a Federation person. And then his first in command was going to be somebody from that Bajoran group. So right on the bat, right off the bat, you're dealing with some really, really some real world topics there, right? You're dealing with a group who's established uh, a country, maybe, you know, an an entity that's an established entity that has power, has money. Well, in this case, they don't have money, but they have power, right? And then you have a disenfranchised group and this group is trying to help them, uh, you know, transition into, you know, becoming a part of the rest of the global world or the universal world in this regard and, and, and kind of giving them protection, right? You know, yeah. there, there's, it's like, there's a lot of big countries that have a lot of smaller countries for whatever reason, you know, where they kind of take on that similar role is what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah. Trying to help them transition. Right. Sort of like a democracy. like Exactly. Like they're, they're, Spreading they're... democracy. Yeah, right. And so what I liked about that show is, is one, it's the very first show that I've ever seen where you have a black male lead character that's raising his single son, right? Uh-huh. But that doesn't that doesn't become like his only focus. Yeah, it's a focus of his, but he also understands that he has a job, right? So you don't just always see him in a weakened state. You know what I mean? You see him in a very demanding and strong state where he's doing his job and also raising his son like every normal single parent does, right? And... You really, I really like that because, you know, for a lot of minorities, when they're placed in that position in an acting role, you know, you're almost looked at as a victim. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, he decided, you know, he would, that, that, I guess not he, but whoever created the character decided that they weren't going to portray him as the victim. They were yeah. going to portray him as a strong character because he had to be a leader. Right. And he ends up becoming this, I guess, otherworldly entity at the end of the story but but you know I, I suggest you guys check it out 
um, they have different characters on there, obviously. Um, and each one of them kind of brings, you know, a different conflict to the story, um, that makes it really intriguing. Um, you have, uh, this, like I said, his first officer was one of the people that were just freed from oppression. And so she's kind of trying to transition from, you know, from, do I trust this group? You know, they're coming here to take charge. Do I really believe what they're telling us? Um, to eventually like, you know, I believe everything this guy is telling me I, he's 100% got my back. Well, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, as you know, Pucho, I'm not a big, a real big sci-fi guy. I'm not really into it, but after you explained the character, uh, you know, the way you did to me and how he was different about most of the times that he wouldn't most prior, I guess, I don't even know what captains would would not destroy worlds or do certain things. And he sort of was broke the mold on that where uh, I remember that clip that you were, sh- you were showing me. And I thought that was so awesome that I actually started going back and watching a couple of episodes just because of him. And I mean, I don't know if you could elaborate a little bit about that, sort of give the crowd uh, a little bit, explain of what he did and what was different, uh, I guess, from past captains and why it was such a big deal. Um, well, uh, so the Federation kind of really prides itself on the idea of, of peace and being able to communicate conflict, right? And what Cisco does is, or what he differs in other captains is that he, he goes with what he feels is right, right? So where Picard, he kind of said, you know what, I, feel like I'm going this way, but the Federation, this is what we stand for. So more times than not, he would go that way. Yeah, every now and then he would break rank, but for the most part, he would do you know, what he felt was what the Federation would want. Now, with Cisco, because of the nature of his show, Deep Space Nine, because of all the conflict that he had to deal with, which was very unordinary, like he took a different approach. So what I mean by the different conflict is... A lot of the conflict that you would get with the next generation is them running into somebody that they've never met or somebody that they have beef with. And, you know, that's where the conflict arises. Where with Deep Space Nine, he kind of came into a situation that had just resolved a major conflict. And so there was a lot of unsettled situation going around him. So you had the Kardashians, the Kardashians, (laughs) the Kardashians, who, you know, were the ones who were oppressing the Bajorans, who was the other alien race. And they essentially left, left the Bajor, Bajor, excuse me. And between Bajor and Cardassia, there was essentially a demilitarized zone. So you had a lot of different situations. You know, you couldn't look at it always as a diplomat. And so with Cisco, unlike Picard and I think to a lesser degree Kirk, but more Picard, you know, where everything he kind of dealt with was where he dealt with everything more from a diplomatic standpoint. And Cisco had to deal with things in a more militaristic standpoint, which is something that the Federation at that point was just not used to. You know, they were used to dealing with people who had a higher level of, I guess, I guess consciousness. Yeah. And so they didn't want to, those people don't, don't resolve everything with conflict and violence, right? But what do you do when you meet a group that has a higher consciousness, but they just decided like, no, we found that the least path of resistance is dealing with, you know, using conflict or sorry, dealing with conflict with violence. And so 
that's kind of where the Federation kind of kind of had to change their tone. And so Cisco was was a big part of that visually when you're seeing it on the show, because in the particular scene that you're referring to, and I know yeah. it, for everybody that waited for me to talk about this scene, finally, yeah. uh, in this particular scene, they are fighting. Uh, the Federation is dealing with this group called the Maquis. Well, the Maquis are essentially refugees and people who were already residing in what's referred to as the demilitarized zone. And so when that came about, you know, all these additional rules came up, came on top of them and they weren't used to that. And they were like, no, we're not yeah. living by those kind of rules. So, you know, they were engaging in terrorist attacks, you know, well, I don't know if you would call them terrorist attacks, but they were trying to, you know, I guess protect their way of life. And, uh, Cisco was trying to deal with one of their leaders because he had just attacked, I want to say, one of their ships or something like that. Yeah, he... And once he did that, that was essentially a sign of war. And so what Cisco did was he took his new, well, at this point it wasn't new, but it was relatively new. His warship, the only warship that the Federation has called the Defiant, he takes his ship and he starts flying to the Maquis colonies. And he calls the but the the... The head honcho up and he pretty much tells him you're pretty much gonna turn yourself in or we're gonna start bombing the colonies well not i'm sorry not the colonies we're gonna start bombing the atmosphere of the colonies so the planet is unlivable he took it to another degree and he gave them the opportunity to flee but he said after that he was gonna start bombing each one of their colonies until this dude turned himself up and so the dude Called his bluff. <laughs> he shot a couple torpedoes into that atmosphere. And then those people were hightailing it out of that planet because he just made it unlivable for the next 50 years. And then he started flying to the next one, starting to get the next torpedoes ready. And he told that dude he ain't playing around. Until so that guy finally said, all right, Turned you got me, face. man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was so unlike any other... Captain, see all the other captains would have just tried to talk to him, try to figure out some kind of diplomatic way um, of, of removing him. Maybe even come out with some convoluted plan to say, "Hey, you know, let's sneak in there and do the, whatever." But he said, "Nah, man, you want to play these games? You want to attack us? We're gonna let you know you're messing with the wrong people. Yeah. We could talk about these things, but let's talk. Don't attack us." So. That, you know, that was, that was it. And, and Cisco pretty much had to carry that attitude because he was always in conflict. He was always fighting somebody because of where he was at. You know what I mean? So it was a really cool, really cool, uh, really cool show. And Loved so, um, uh, what about you, Dom? Did you have any like old school shows that really gravitated? Did you really gravitate towards? Uh, j just those ones that I had named earlier, but, uh, just think about it when I was talking about sucky endings, I was thinking about, uh, Seinfeld, I sort of loved uh, Seinfeld. I would watch it. I just, it was just, I loved it. Uh, I didn't necessarily like Kramer, uh -huh. uh, as I guess you can tell with Jim Carrey. I'm not really into those comedy, kind of comedy <laughs> yeah, you're guys. Not, you're not used to being like those guys. Uh, They're just all over the place. But I, uh, but I hate to admit it, I was a big fan of Friends. <laughs> I, I, I'd watch Friends all the time. I, I loved it. And uh, now that I went back and, you know, they show replays on TV mm. and I, I, I'm like, hey, let me check one out. And now I think to myself, what the hell was I thinking? Because I can't stand this show now. <laughs> but I, I don't know what I, I was I think thinking. everybody has that one show or song. <laughs> 
<laughs> that when they listen back or watch it, they're like, you know what? I had no idea what I was thinking when I liked this. Yeah, that, that's how that's how the I outfit. felt about. The, yeah, I mean, it was just. Uh, I look back and I was like, man, that's horrible. And then as you get become an adult and you have your own life and you get bills, uh, one of the things that stuck out is. How do they afford that 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 condo in Manhattan on, a, on like a on a waitress's salary? I'm man, like, man. I, I, I like most kids my age when when I was actually a kid would always think like, how did Kevin's parents afford that house? The house was huge. Oh yeah. <laughs> and 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 the ticket to just fly to Paris and then fly back like nothing. Yeah, man. The, that was, yeah, yeah. I, I get I get what you're saying. You yeah. always had those questions. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So now let's go ahead and, and start talking about some of our uh, current shows. Uh, just a spoiler warning to everybody out there. So if you haven't seen any of these shows coming up, yeah, just giving you the early spoiler warning. So um. Now we're going to go and talk about some of the current shows we're watching. So right now, you know, there's a couple of shows that I finished. Uh, I think I'm going to start with Cobra Kai. Oh, man. Now, Cobra Kai was a show that I was, a lot of people were telling me about when it was on YouTube. Like, oh, you should check out Cobra Kai, man. It's pretty good. And I'm like, hmm, Karate Kid, I liked it, man. I didn't like the last one, or the last couple, I should say. <laughs> but, you know... I'll check it out, you know, when I get around to because there's so yeah. many good shows out there, right? And a lot of people will recommend shows, and you'll think like, Ugh, when am I going to have the time to check that out? I still have this one to do. I still have this one, and this one's about, you know. And so it came to Netflix, right? And like most people, it's like, oh, okay, so now it's on Netflix. I'm at home. Let me check it out. Yeah. And let me tell you, man, I liked it a lot. I watched the season. I watched season both seasons twice. Dang. And um. I really enjoyed the development of Miguel, the character. Yeah. You know, um, again, spoiler warning to all those out there. I really hate what happened to him. I think, I think it was like, man, the best character on this show and y'all do my boy yeah. like that. Exactly. He should have took Increase's advice. <sighs> he showed mercy and he got what he, yeah. Unfortunately. Listen to you. <laughs> Cobra yeah. guy, do it that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I absolutely love the show. I actually was one of the those individuals that watched it on YouTube. Uh, my, I got the subscription for free. That when it, when they were doing that red tube YouTube right. thing, so I binge watched all the first season. Second season, my brother subscribed, got the free one, so we watched all the, those ones. Uh, the second season, so we had I'd already seen it before it even hit YouTube. Right. I mean, to uh, Netflix. Right. But I mean, it's just so well written. It's just it is very the, the, well the, the like way they well. tie in the movie right. into it, even with the music and the cars. It's just it's just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, yeah, and it doesn't take itself seriously. You know, it, they'll make fun of themselves by, you know, like you yeah. were talking about with the whole movies down the old yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, they'll add clips, and then the clips it'll show. You know, where he's getting his butt kicked at the tournament or when he did everything. But it's all from his perspective, right? Exactly. So, you know, where if everybody remembers the movie, you're thinking like, oh, man, the Cobra Kai guys were the villain. Man, they were just beating up and picking on on little Ralph Macchio. <laughs> but um, when he's, 
you know, telling Miguel about his history and it, it what's cool, like you were saying, yeah. they, Dom, that they were, that they, um, they had the clips from the old movies in there and the clips of the old <laughs> movies are, are there to illustrate what he's talking about, but from his perspective. And so, you know, where he's yeah. the victim, really. He goes, would you, how, how do you feel somebody comes in on your girlfriend and starts talking about that? <laughs> and I was like, you know what, Johnny? You're right, man. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel LaRusso's a punk, man. He was just, he was just begging for it, man. And, yeah. yeah and, and, and you do, you, you do kind of start to see, and, and, does, and, and what helps reinforce it is how they portray them as adults, yeah. right? Because as adults, Daniel LaRusso is very much how, um, I can't remember his name now. Johnny? How Johnny was when he was a kid. How they like how they see each other as kids is how they see each other as adults is what I'm saying. <laughs> and as you as the audience see them as adults and you kind of say, okay, well, maybe he is a little bit that way. And so that was really, really cool. Um, another show that I just finished right now or recently was well, actually two shows. I was kind of watching them simultaneously in a way. Um, but Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. I, I won't talk too much about them because okay. I've already talked a lot about Star Trek in this show. Um, but what I will say is this. Um, they're completely different from the other Star Trek shows. Um, they're really trying to integrate the movies into these particular shows. Um, but I think they're pretty good. Um, I like Picard more than I like Discovery. Um, I'm not really sure why. I guess it's because I'm used to Picard, see Picard as the main character and, you know, being the guy who comes up with ideas and plans and stuff like that. My issue with Discovery is where in a lot of the other Star Trek shows, you had a ship, right? It was the captain and then his bridge officers were the main people that you focused on, right? But with Star Trek Discovery, it's like their main focus at first, wasn't even a person that was a member of the crew. She became like a specialist. Like oh, she okay. wasn't really on the crew. And so it, it came a little bit frustrating to watch because it's like, okay, so this one person who's not even on the crew is the one who's going to solve all the problems. It's like, mm, like I, I didn't like, it's like, okay. let me organically like a character. Don't try to force them upon me. And that's kind of the feeling that I was getting from Discovery. Like they really wanted me to like their main character. Like, look, oh, look what she can do and this and that and other. And it's like, no, you know, the moments that I do like Michael Burnham, which is the character, the main character, the moments that I really do like her is when she's doing her role more so than trying to take the charge. Yeah. But it's not that I have an issue with her taking charge. It's that the way it's written, it's kind of like, like forced. Like force fed down yeah, there. Like, you, you, it's like, hey, this is what it is. She's you the better like it. What's it called? Dios ex machina of the, of the show. It's like, yeah. oh, they, they don't know what to do. Here she comes with a solution that nobody on the ship, even the cyborg, doesn't <laughs> figure out. And, you know, I'm okay with somebody being the smartest character on there. But again, it's like, it just becomes very obvious that if there's an issue, she's, she's going to have the solution. Yeah. Always. And it's always going to be her. And it just, again, it just makes me feel like you're forcing me to like that particular character versus me watching the show and organically liking the character. Now, my favorite character on the show, I do like the show overall. Yeah. My favorite character on the show is Michelle Yeoh's character. She plays um an empress. She was the empress of a mirror universe version of her character. And so she's like all hardcore. Like she don't yeah. put up with nothing. 
You know, she she's all about like, oh, she's always, let me put it this way. Nobody's going to backstab her because she's already got a backstabbing plan for everybody. Yeah. And she kicks so much butt, you know, because Michelle Yeoh knows a lot of martial arts. She's been in a lot of martial arts. Well, I don't know if she knows a lot of martial arts, but she appears to know a lot of martial arts based on all the martial arts movies that I've seen her in. Yeah. Um, And so she kicks a lot of butt, man. She's an awesome character in that show. I like yeah. her character a lot. Like when I like, she's not in every episode, but the episodes that she in that she is in usually are my favorites. your favorite show. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's usually really really good. And then a show that I'm just now picking up is The Watchmen. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. Uh, I'm still early on in the series, but so far I'd really like it. It's really different. Um, pretty much the premise is. The show, and again, spoiler warning to everybody on all these shows, because we're talking about current shows that we've watched and we finished. So for anybody who hasn't watched any of these shows, I know it's kind of late. I already talked about a couple, but, you know, just a spoiler warning for everybody. Um, the Watchmen. So the show starts out in 1921, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh-huh. right? Um, it's called, I guess it starts, the scenery is essentially Black Wall Street. And it's being attacked by all these white supremacists and destroyed and all that. And there's a little kid, and his dad puts a note in his jacket that pretty much says, watch this boy. So I guess wherever the kid was going, you know, he the dad was hoping that somebody would take care of him. Well, the car that the kid was in ended up getting flipped over or something happened. They got into an accident, and the kid fell out. There was a baby. Up until right now, I don't know what the baby, who the baby is. But what I do know is that kid grows up and becomes the grandfather of the main character, so if you've yeah. seen any of the promotional art, if you see this lady who's wearing a hood and a, like yeah. this black tight outfit, that's the main character. Her name is Angela Abar, and her hero name is Sister Knight. Now, what I like about this show, what's really cool is that, so what they did is the police, because one evening called The White Knight, where all these white supremacists came out, and any African-American cops, black cops... They shot, they were killed, or tried to kill. Yeah. And so, from that point on, the cops would were, were allowed to wear masks. So, the detectives are like, almost like superheroes. They wear like, their own type of mask. Like, all yeah. the other beat cops wear a yellow mask. But the detectives yeah. have like, a specific mask for them, and they have code names. Oh, okay. So, they're like superheroes. Yeah. So, you have a guy, a Russian dude, a Russian cop... And he wears a red mask, like a like a ski mask, and he's his name is the Red Scare. Well, I, I, I think he would be pretty easy to find. I mean, you just talk to a guy and with the guy with the Russian accent, you're like, you're the dude wearing the red thing, I guess. <laughs> and then, um, no, but yeah, but yeah. See, they, see, in public, the cops have to always have their mask. They can yeah. never go out in public without their mask, um, except for her, and I'll tell yeah. you why. But with, uh, so you have the Red Scare, the Russian dude. Then you have this, this girl, I can't remember, the lady, I don't remember her name. Um, but she wears like, almost like this negligee, not negligee mask, but like this lace mask. Uh-huh. And then you, I don't know why I put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, um, this guy who interrogates everybody. His name is the Looking Glass, and he wears like this reflective mask that goes over his entire face. And then you have Angela Abar, who's the main character, and she is Night Sister, and she yeah. has her eyes colored black, and she wears a like a black mask. 
And her deal is she can walk around normal because essentially her story is that she got shot, which she did. Yeah. And after that, she retired. So once she retired, she's essentially operating with the police, but like undercover, like as a vigilante kind. Yeah. So, but it's cool, man. I mean, she got her own car and everything. So they're like they're like vigilantes, but they're not. They have badges and stuff. So it's like legal what they're doing. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome show. One of the other shows. I thought you were before you were talking about Watchmen. I thought you were going to go into the boys. Mm. Oh, I mean that's that's going to show. I, I can't wait for the next season, but. I just finished up about a week or two ago. Yeah. And, um, they, the one thing I, I do like is that they released it weekly. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've been always a pretty much a fan where they drop all 10 episodes and, uh, for one season and I can binge watch them. But with the pandemic, if I do that, I'm, I'm done by Wednesday and I don't got anything <laughs> yeah, else yeah, to watch. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sort of enjoying that, that there's, they spaced them out weekly. But for any of those that haven't watched uh, the boys, uh, I think you could probably give a better description uh, of the show, but it's really just about super, the superheroes. But if they were human and had flaws, I mean, that's the way I sort that's of see it. That's a pretty good general description. <laughs> so, yeah, essentially what it is is, okay, what if superheroes were didn't have these high morals like they are portrayed in, in comic books? Right? Yeah. What if they were they acted like how a normal person would act if they had superpowers? And so who would be around? To keep them in check, right? Because the police yeah. don't have the power to keep them in check. And so this guy, um, Billy the Butcher, starts yeah. this team. And they essentially are trying to uncover what this corporation called Vault Corporation is trying to do with all these superheroes. Like, why are they trying to make all these superheroes? Or at the time, they didn't know they were making them. But they eventually learned that they were making them. So they're like, why are they trying to make all these superheroes? What's the purpose of that? Are they trying to have a superpower army? Yeah. My question is, why doesn't the CEO get scared when Homelanders rolls up on him and starts making demands? I mean, the only thing I can think of, and I was actually thinking about that. I was maybe they got like I forgot what movie I saw this in, but he might have like a microchip in his head, and at any time he just pushes the button and he's dead. Oh, a Suicide Squad. Okay. Basically, that's the only thing I can think of because that CEO has no fear of Highlander. And it, it, the best way to describe him to those that haven't seen the boys is like Superman. Yeah. But yeah. a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Very best way. So. And I mean, that's the only reason I could think that the CEO would has like no fear of him at all. I mean, that's the only, I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, you're probably right. I guess I, like, I'm curious to know if they actually have a real deterrent for him. Like, do they really have his weakness or are they just really hoping like, oh, man, I hope his son turns out good. Because I know that's one of their contingencies is to hope yeah. that he turns out not like the Homelander. Yeah. And so that he could help protect them. But it's like, I mean, he's still human. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Playing the mods right there. So, uh, but yeah, that's an awesome show. Um, you know, the it, it, the first season was, you know, you got yeah. a lot of shock and awe because it's like, whoa, that's a lot of. This is really specific, really detailed gore and stuff like that, you know. And then once you kind of settle in the, with that, then you kind of envelop into the story. And you're like, yeah. man, this is a pretty intriguing story. And, and yeah, like what you were saying about Dom, about the whole Superman being a narcissist and this dude just like <laughs> not batting an eye at what this guy is telling him. And it's just crazy to me that there's a lot of superheroes in that show that essentially operate that way. Like, you know, I don't, I don't I'll do what I want to do. 
you know. And I guess that's you know, that's the premise of, of why it, Billy it, and his team exist. Yeah, but I hate to say it. If I was going to be a character, I'd probably end up being like Homelander. Because <laughs> I, I, just, I hate to admit it, but... Um, You're being honest, sir. And that's yeah. why you will never get bought. Yeah, that's right, Pucho. <laughs> the compound V. No compound V for you, sir. So, um, I think the next thing we need to go to is shows that are coming up. All right. So, Dom, man, let's start talking about some shows that we're looking forward to, man. What do you got on the docket? Well, some of the shows I'm really looking forward to, um, I was thrilled. And my wife was, uh, you know, she called me up last week, and I thought it was like an emergency, bro. And, uh, you know, I was like, what's wrong? what's going on? And she goes, Dexter, they're bringing it back. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I know that feeling, bro. Yeah. So, that, that you know, needless to say, that was a good day at work. So all I did was, you know, go ahead and Google Dexter. And it looks like it's going to be coming back in the fall of 2021. So I'm really looking forward uh, to that. And I, I was thinking about it. The ending was all right. And I think they left it open for this case uh, uh, specifically. Case yeah. And they did. And. What I'm thinking is going to happen, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be in Intel, but what I'm guessing is is that his son um, is actually, his son Harry is now grown up and now he's going to start, he's going to start having those feelings to be a serial killer himself. And I think the dad's going to teach him. Yeah. Dexter's going to come back and show him how to control it. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Another show that I'm also looking for, it's a Netflix one is uh, You. Uh, where he's, you uh, told, yeah, yeah, you got show. Yeah, this is gonna be the third season. I, I would recommend, uh, checking it out. It might be the fourth season. I forget, but I've already watched them all and I binge watched them and it's really, uh, pretty funny. It's sort of, it's sort of a drama slash little bit of horror slash comedy. Uh, he's, uh, basically a stalker and, but it's funny because when he's stalking, he reads it. Sort of, he's. You can hear his thoughts. Uh, he he narrates his thoughts in his head. Right. So you sort of get that feeling of that, and like you're there. Yeah, like you're there. So that's coming out, and I'm really looking for. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, uh, Pucho. And then uh, the uh, this one isn't really a show, uh, but it's it's a prequel movie off of The Sopranos. Oh, it, it's called uh, The Many Saints of New York. And, so yeah, what's it going to be about? Give me a little um, bit. It's basically with uh, Tony Soprano is going to be a kid and it's going to be about uh, – I'm thinking of with his dad and his uncle Junior and it's going to be with him being like I guess young and it's going to be a prequel to that. So I'm sort of looking forward to seeing that movie and how it ties into the show The Sopranos. Uh, but th- those are – Three of the main ones I'm really looking forward to uh, for 2021. Uh, any shows that you're really looking forward to or anticipating for the upcoming year, Pucho? Yeah, so first and foremost, The Mandalorian Season 2, which oh. comes out October 30th. Oh, so, Friday. That's right, right. So our episode gets uploaded and Season 2 of Mandalorian should be up. So check that out. I'm really excited to see, you know, where that story's going to go. Um, you know, I think the the last show or the last season, um, the same actor, the CEO. Yeah. I, I'm going to call yeah. him the CEO. I forget what his name is on this show. <laughs> 
but this Darth, uh, no, not Darth, uh, Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. We'll just start naming him the bad guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is Moff Gideon, and um, he has the dark saber. So I'm really interesting, interested to see, you know, if they really go into the, in depth about the history of the dark saber. For those of you who don't know, um, as of right now, I think the animated series is the only one that's really explained the dark saber. Well, the dark saber was a lightsaber, a black lightsaber that was wielded by the first Mandalorian Jedi. And so if you know about anything about the Mandalorians, that's a pretty cool thing because the Mandalorians pretty much spent most of their lives fighting Jedi. So yeah. for one of them to become a Jedi and have one of the most um, iconic weapons from the cartoon, the Clone Wars, um, is pretty cool. And so and that that blade has some significance to the, to the other Mandalorians as well. You know, it signifies whoever's in charge, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's going to be really cool. So that little yeah. aspect is going to be pretty cool. And then also, you know, where is he going to take the child? Or, or a.k.a. Baby Yoda. AKA, I, I refer to him as uh, Baby Yoda, but my brother uh, and other sci-fi individuals take it very seriously. And he is referred to as the child. The child. <laughs> yeah. As you can tell, I'm not too much into sci-fi, but I'm not too much into Star Wars either. But for the Mandalorian show, uh, I was like, my brother's like, oh, man, you got to watch it. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to watch it's this. Good, man. But it's then all of a sudden, I watched one, two, and all of a sudden, I was hooked. hooked. Yeah, it's just uh, – It's got that spaghetti western feel. Man. Yeah, exactly. And it's just action. It's got comedy. It's, right. It, it, it's, I mean, when you see Baby Yoda, who else – who doesn't fall in love with him? I mean, I'm excited. I always – you know, my heart is all like pounding. Oh, man, they better not hurt him. And, you know. <laughs> you start to feel for him, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, this, this, this one character hasn't said a word, but for some reason you're the most attached to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that each episode had its own kind of feel, had yeah. its own kind of um, theme to it. And uh, and I think that a lot of that had to do with – because they had, I think, different directors that did different episodes – um, but yeah, I, I love the whole season one. So I'm excited yeah. with, for season two. I'm yeah. excited for season two. Me too. Um, the next series, I think you're gonna also going to be excited with this one is uh, Cobra Kai season three, um, which comes out in January, 2021. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. It's my boy Miguel. All right. Or is he going to be in a wheelchair? All right. <laughs> Another question. <gasps> do you think that the, the girl that, uh, that he was seeing, do you think that Terry, that's Terry Silver's daughter? You know, I've heard that rumor. And I also heard the rumor that it might be the daughter of the um, Ali with an eye. Yeah, okay. Ali with an eye. <laughs> it might be Ali's daughter. I I think it might be Terry Silver's daughter because of like how hardcore she is. Yeah, you know, and and Ali didn't never came off that way, but yeah. Terry Silver definitely came off that way. So that's part of what makes me believe that. But we'll yeah. see, man. I'm definitely interested to see what her backstory is because they do kind of prop her up as a main character, right? Yeah. And we pretty much know the backgrounds of everybody else that's in that circle except for her. So it's like, okay, who is her parents? How is she, how did she get tied, to know? Yeah. How is she tied, tied into it? And then, um, another show that I'm really interested in seeing that I'm waiting for is the Witcher season two. Now, I don't know when that one's supposed to come out. I'm definitely sure it's 2021. Uh, I don't know specifically, though. I don't even know if they've started filming, you know, with COVID. A lot of things have been delayed and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I really like season one, and it was different for me. Uh, I, you know, if you like Lord of the Rings, those kind of things, those kind of shows, or those ty that type of fantasy, um, sci-fi stuff, 
not really sci-fi, but it's fantasy. Um, and then The Witcher is right up your alley. You know, yeah. he's it, if you play the video game, my cousin is really big on the video game, and yeah. he claims they know they did a pretty good job on, on incorporating um, the video game elements. I think he even said that they incorporated some of the scenes from the video game, like some of the cut scenes from the video game into the show, you know, and just, yeah. you know, re-rendered it for the show, but that they try to be as close to the game as possible. Now, if I'm wrong, guys, let me know, but I'm just letting you know that from what I was told, I have not really played the game, but I have watched the season and I really enjoyed the story. All right. Um, and then the other couple of shows that I'm really looking forward to, man, are the Marvel shows that just keep getting pushed back and pushed back. Um, there's two in particular that I'm, Really excited to see because those are the first two that are supposed to come out. I think there's already been trailers for them, but you had WandaVision, uh, that looks like it's a story about, uh, Vision and, um, uh, Scarlet Witch and what they were doing, I'm assuming, between or before the Infinity War. Um, I think that's what this, the story kind of takes place. And so that kind of looks, it looks a little bit trippy because they kind of show her in different costumes and different outfits and the show looks to be kind of in different eras in each episode. So it's going to, it looks like it's going to be an interesting show to watch. Um, the other one is uh Falcon and the winter soldier. Oh, okay. I don't know when that one's supposed to come out. I haven't seen any trailers for it, but I liked both of those characters. Me too. I like their chemistry because their whole thing was, they didn't like each other. Right. Cause they're yeah. both trying to vie essentially for Cap's right hand man, Captain America, Captain yeah. America's right hand man. And so they didn't like each other. In the, in the beginning, and so I'd be really interested to see that. I like both the actors, and so I, I'm really excited to see what that show is going to be about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I can't wait to see that that show in particular. Uh, for those I know, uh, what's the one that just ended? Uh, the with Agent Coulson. Oh, Agents of Shield. Oh, my brother was devastated. That you know, that I, I, yeah, he says it was the best show ever. I really liked a lot of the seasons. I I didn't watch the last two seasons. Uh huh. Um, the season that I really enjoyed was the one with Ghost Rider. Okay. One, because they didn't go with the traditional Ghost Rider. They went with the Latino Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. Oh, so right off the bat, he gets bonus points right <laughs> oh, there. Oh, well, check it out, man. <laughs> nah, so Robbie Reyes, you know, most of the Ghost Riders, they have a bike that they convert, you know, it kind of transforms. Don't tell me it was a lowrider, bro. No, man. He drove around. I want to say it was a Charger. Oh, okay. And it turns into like a Hell Charger. Oh, damn. So I mean, yeah. So he was he was a pretty cool character. I, I like. I mean, I grew up liking Ghost Rider. Um, this is a newer version of Ghost Rider. I think that came into the comic books later on, and I think closer to two thousands. Um, I grew up with the Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider, but I liked this version a lot. I liked him a lot. I thought it was really cool. The, the his background, his, his backstory is really cool as well. Um, and so I like that actor, and I, I was really glad to see him. That actor, by the yeah. way, the one who plays Ghost Rider, he's from Austin, Texas. Oh, Texas boy, huh? That's right. All right. So, uh, but yeah, and uh, overall, uh, I think um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good show, and it, and it does suck that they, they had their last season, um, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it looks like it's time for Pucho to cast our reel and see what we pull out of the fishbowl. Well, it looks like we pulled two topics out this week. We got cell phones and travel. Can you hear me so now? Next week, we're going to be talking about cell phones and travel. Well, guys, if you guys have any ideas, please remember to go and uh, send us an email or an idea to uh, the fishbowlbadio at gmail.com 
or go ahead and tweet us or direct a message us on Twitter at the fishbowl barrio at gmail.com if you want to be part of our barrio bros and submit some ideas into our fishbowl. So again, guys, thank you all for hanging out here with us this time around. I'm Pucho. I'm Dom. Stay classy. Very good feeling. The feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too.